Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app today to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hey there, producer Dennis here, and welcome to the back half of your Ben Jarofsky show for Tuesday, November 17th. Now, this is only a segment of our program, okay? So remember, daily Ben Jarofsky show episodes can be found at the Chicago Reader website and wherever else you download podcasts. A brand new show and an interview Tuesday through Friday and bonus never before heard interviews on the weekend as well. Go subscribe now. J-O-R-A-V as in victory, S-K-Y. We also live stream this program Tuesday through Friday, 1 until 3 p.m. Central Time on the Chicago Reader YouTube channel. Join us live sometime and say hey in the live stream chat room. And finally, you can find us online at Benny J Show on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. You can also send us an email with your thoughts or sponsorship queries, BennyJShow at gmail.com. All right, the latest article from Tom Shuba and former Mayor Daly's great-grandkid is on Ben's mind and... Where do our Illinois Democrats stand on Speaker Madigan? Are they team resign or team stay? Find out now. It's your Ben Jarofsky show back half. Two things here. Uh, first, Ben, I know you wanted to talk about the latest work from our friend and the Sun Times own Tommy. I do more than reefer stories, so don't call me two joint Shuba. <laughs> a great a great yeah. grandson of former Chicago mayor Richard J. Daly has called out several members of his extended family, accusing them of being, quote, committed to white supremacy in an open letter published last week. In a letter to my cousins published Wednesday in Southside Weekly, Bobby Vinecco calls his great grandfather a, quote, horribly racist mayor and points to great uncle Richard M. Daly's involvement in covering up evidence of Chicago police torture. Uh, Ben Jarofsky, I believe you told me to, quote, hand you the ball with this story. So here's the rock. I'm going to do my best to be concise here because, D, I could go on and on about this. This was a fascinating story. Young Tommy Shuba. And a lot of people on the live stream chat are waiting to hear your opinion on it, too. And Claire Proctor. I'm going to give a shout out to the two reporters for the bright one uh, who did this. Where do I start? Uh, the, the, let me just put the family part away for the moment. Um, you know, it, it was kind of in a weird way. It was uncomfortable uh, to watch this family, like the family feud aspect. I found that uncomfortable a little bit. Uh, I could understand the, uh, you know, how the, the Daly family would be irritated at the Van Echo kid for saying this. Like every family probably has some person in it who knows the secrets of the family and you know, wants to reveal them. It's something like Mary Trump uh, blowing the whistle on, on Donald Trump and exposing him for the fraud that he is. And that gets the other Trumps mad. So I understand the family dynamics. It's a little uncomfortable, but I thought the kid was right on. And this uh, uh, this should be a topic of a whole show. 
I've spent many years following Chicago politics. Uh, I've obsessively studied Richard J. Daly. In some ways, as time has gone on, I have more sympathy for him now than I did uh, a few years ago. But there's no doubt about it. Time and time again, he was when he was confronted with divisive racial issues, he did everything he could to sort of pacify and appease uh, white people who were outraged at any prospect of integration. And this goes back even before my time. In 1963, you can look it up, ladies and gentlemen, there was a, a vote on a human rights ordinance, and there was so much outrage in the Chicago City Council over that from white wards on the southwest side that uh, or that some aldermen were in danger of lost their jo- losing their jobs. And Mayor Daley was so afraid of that outrage that he retreated. Re- Mayor Richard J. Daley. It's very important to explain to people that there was another Daley. <laughs> Millennials, no, wait a minute. I know Richard M. Daley. His father, Richard J. Daley, uh, basically built the modern Democratic machine, which has fallen apart in recent years, ruled from 55 to 76. Time and time again, he tried to avoid uh, ra- racial disputes by appeasing the white uh, people of the city. So why do we have so many black people concentrated in the 50s and 60s and 70s and high rise uh, projects? Because he did not want to anger and upset white residents in white neighborhoods by having low rise scatter site housing. It's a fact. Look it up. It's there. All right. On issues like uh, police brutality, on issues like how many black people are in the police department, on issues like how many black people are in the fire department, on issues like just contracts, who gets what. Mayor Daley, Richard J. Daley, sided with white people because he didn't want to upset and ignite a white backlash. This is reality, folks. This is Chicago politics. When they try to put the CHA scattersite housing into all white neighborhoods, there were riots. Go read your history. I didn't make it up. This is this is a reality that Richard J. Daly was dealing with, and he, time and time again, went with the white people, so to speak. I got that in quotes, because he didn't want to ignite that backlash. James Bevel, Martin Luther King's right-hand man in Chicago, when King brought his open housing movement to the city of Chicago, when he brought his civil rights movement north from the south to Chicago in 1966, James Bevel said, we're going to march for open housing in all those white areas until every white person votes Republican. He understood the game. He understood the pressure that Daly was feeling. There was going to be a white backlash. It would be MAGA before MAGA. And so Daly did everything he could to avoid that. And then he lost his freaking mind when the riots occurred in 1968 after Martin Luther King was killed and the West Side exploded into flames. And then he became a caricature of himself. So you, you go on and on about where, how his career ended. But this is the conflict that he faced. And more often than not, he made the wrong decision, in my humble opinion. He ignored the Leon Duprey's of the world who were pushing uh, for open housing. He ignored the Al Rabies of the world. He ignored the Sammy Rainers of the world. These are ancient names, these names from ancient history in Chicago politics that I know most of you don't know. But this fight, this conflict's been going on for years. And so, obviously, this Van Echo kid, I don't know how old he is, he'd done a little history. He read a few books. You know, he just didn't believe what they told him at the dinner table. And 
I, I can't argue with what he said. You know, I mean, I can see why his uncles might be mad at him. <laughs> and uh, who knows where he's going to sh- end up in 20 years. You know, they, I know a lot of kids that started off as radicals when they're 20s and then, they're, you know, 30s. And then by the time they're 50, they're voting for MAGA. You get what I'm saying? I know many baby boomers who are in the streets protesting the war and then they voted for Reagan. They completely changed. So it's possible that the kid will change and that in 30 years he'll be defending grandpa. You know what I'm saying? Or great grandpa, whatever it is to him. But where he is at this moment in time, can't argue with him. And that, what do you think Harold was up against, ladies and gentlemen? Harold Washington, when he got elected mayor in 1983, he was up against this entire history of like white fear and prejudice and bigotry and racism and city of Chicago and backlash mentality. That's what he was up against. And so why do you think white people in just droves voted for mayor baby daily in 89? What do you think that was all about? Do you think they actually believed it when they said, Oh, he's the smartest of them all. I used to have these white liberals. They would try to tell me, they would try to tell me something that was so preposterous. They were as bad as MAGA people. Oh, Ben, Richard M. Daly is really an intellectual. He loves books. He loves pictures and paintings. Ben, he's really smart. No, they just were so dedicated to promoting the notion that Richard M. Daly was the greatest thing to ever come down from the mountain in order that we would never, ever, ever have <laughs> another Harold Washington. And that's what drives me crazy. People go, Ben, why don't you get over here in Washington? Why don't you just forget about it already? No, I can't. Because I was there. I listened to the BS from the Tribune. And the Sun-Times bought into it, too. Go back and read those articles from the early 90s. Oh, Richard M. Daly. What a wise man. Oh, Richard M. Daly. It's going to calm Chicago. Oh, Richard M. Daly. There will be no chaos in Chicago now that Harold Washington is gone. Council Wars is gone. So that was all a byproduct of the history of Richard J. Daly and the history of race relations and the, the role between race and politics it goes back to the second migration of black people to Chicago. Actually goes back to the first freaking migration, 1919 race riots. If you want to just be ignorant about what's going on in Chicago, like just put your head in the sand and just believe what they tell you. Oh, Richard M. Daly was a brilliant leader who led us out of this chaotic path. The world was dark and then there was light and it was Richard M. Daly. <laughs> That's what they want you to believe. So I have a hard time believing. So when I saw that, that kid wrote that. And one more time, Tommy Shuba, good job. Claire Proctor, good job at un- unveiling that. Two joints. Uh, two joints. Ben, I'm more than a, a reefer journalist. I do other things too. I have, um, I have two pins. Come on. <laughs> No, great job. Excellent job. When I saw they, they wrote that, I was like, ah, I got to give the creek credit. And I know he's in a lot of trouble with the family. Could you imagine, D? If, <laughs> kid, you're not coming home for Thanksgiving. That's it. Well, good thing we're not allowed to have more than 10 people around the turkey table, I know someone who's not going to be on that daily family Christmas list this year. <laughs> no, the kid. You're off the list. So. How can I argue with him? How can I argue with him? Remember, remember Chris Kennedy? 
Oh, oh man, yeah. he got in trouble. When, when Chris Kennedy said that uh, <laughs> Rom was using all his planning uh, policies to move black people out of Chicago. Oh, bit corporate and civic Chicago was outraged that he would suggest such a thing. <laughs> you know, you say something like that and you're not going to be on any mainstream radio show. You're not going to be on any mainstream TV show. You're not going to be on any mainstream newspaper. They, they will. What, how would the Lori life with that? I will kick you out and throw you out and arrest you. Yeah, yeah, unless we trick somebody and we go big time. You know what I mean? Yeah, unless we trick someone and go big. And then they're like, whoa. So the reality is, yeah, when you speak the truth in Chicago about our racial past, they don't want to hear it. They don't want to know. So, yeah. I was like impressed, A, at Tommy and Shuba and Claire Proctor for getting the story. Impressed, B, at the Van Echo Kid for knowing history. Uh, and then impress C at corporate and civic Chicago's ability just to look the other way. Ooh, we don't see anything. Ooh, nothing there. Ooh, uh, nothing there. Nothing there, baby. Right. So, yeah, that's Chicago, man. And wait, that's Chicago. We don't want to know. Wait, hold on. Do I smell a Ben Jarofsky column on this coming soon? <laughs> yeah, maybe. I may have to break down and write that column, D. May have to write it. All right, and one last thing before we go. I wasn't expecting that giant riff there. It was great. Everybody loved it on the live stream chat. But one last thing before we go. Yeah, there's still a giant bus ready to roll over our Democratic Illinois speaker, Michael Joseph Madigan. And even though we have three Democratic state powerhouses on board, Governor Pritzker and Senators Dick Durbin and Tammy Duckworth, surprisingly, but I don't know, maybe not surprisingly, we still have quite a few empty seats. But shout out to Rachel Hinton of the Sun-Times for her excellent work. Uh, She took the Madigan Gate deep dive recently, and according to Rachel Hinton, regardless of what J.B. Pritzker and Senators Dick Durbin and Tammy Duckworth say, Madigan will likely have the votes to remain in charge of the party should he seek another term. That's because the men and women who technically have the power to end the party reign of Madigan are three dozen members of the Democratic State Central Committee, and so far, they're not exactly grabbing pitchforks and storming the <laughs> castle. Rachel Hinton's words, not mine. Once again, excellent work, Rachel Hinton. Uh, five members of the committee, including a congresswoman and a newly elected countywide official, are openly calling for Madigan to step down. Four others, including the Cook County clerk, uh, uh, see no need for new leadership. What the other 27 are thinking is a mystery since they didn't respond to the Sun-Times request for comment. <laughs> Guys, so that's why I give <laughs> a Margaret credit. At least you responded, huh? This is a great piece, and if you haven't yet, go check it out. But I went and pulled quotes from uh, the people Rachel Hidden actually got a hold of, and we'll read their responses on Madigan, whether he should step down or not, or if they would like to comment at all. Uh, so first up here, it's U.S. Rep. Bobby Rush. U.S. Representative Bobby Rush is one of the best-known members of the Democratic uh, State Central Committee. When asked to weigh in on Madigan, a Rush spokesman told the Sun-Times, yeah, they were going to pass. <laughs> yeah, we're going to pass. No thanks. Oh, wait. 
Football pass or pass as a duck and dodge? <laughs> I think I think passes in duck and dodge, Ben. Okay, just wanted to make sure. Got yeah. it. Okay. U.S. Representative Danny Davis wasn't reluctant to talk. The veteran Westside Democrat stopped short of calling for a new chairman, but he did say the party needs to, quote, really look at the leadership structure and the leadership could seriously stand some decentralization. I think the leadership can open up and that might mean new leadership, but not just the new leadership in name or title, but new leadership in action. Ben, watch your feet. I got to open the door. <laughs> Hey, come on board, Danny Davis. All right. New How many le- times did he say leadership in that sentence, by the There's way? There's a lot of leadership going on in If that. it was a drinking game, I'd be passed out. <laughs> Don't do that game. Newly elected Cook County Circuit Court Clerk Iris Martinez chose to play, uh, repeating calls she has made earlier for Madigan to step down. She said, quote, while respectfully thanking him for what he's done, we have to think about the future of the party. Ben? Let's, let's welcome Iris Martinez on board. All right. The 36 members of the state central committee, two from each congressional district, are a mix of political types, some familiar faces for decades, and others pretty much unknown outside party circles or their own corners of the state. The Sun-Times reached out to most of the committee members. The overwhelming majority didn't return multiple requests for <laughs> comment. This is awesome. Uh, Vivian uh, Robinson from Southern Illinois' 15th Congressional District did agree to talk, but she asked the party spokeswoman to sit in on an interview in which Robinson said she's, quote, very supportive of Speaker Madigan for many reasons, namely his experience and commitment to the party. And finally, in the, hey, leave me out of this department, Cook County Clerk Karen Yarbo was not ready to join anyone calling for Madigan's ouster or... Uh, uh, anyone to take his place. Uh, she said, quote, as of today, I have no comment on that, except that I won't be lining up behind anyone calling for him to step down or calling for new leadership. Finally, uh, Ben, I got one last question here. I know you're a big old flip flopper when it comes to this, but you on or off, bud. Wait, I can't remember where I was. I on or off. The no last one can time. remember. <laughs> All right, then just to establish something, I gotta call. I gotta start somewhere. So when I flip flop tomorrow, I know where to, which way I'm flipping. Do you follow what I said, Dave? Uh, that made no, no sense. No, no, I didn't. <laughs> I gotta be. I gotta know what I'm flip flopping from. So I have to make a position today so that tomorrow I can flip flop. Do you follow? And even if you don't, I'm just gonna pretend you do. So I'm like, uh, he must step down. Okay, he's gotta step down. Now, I gave him an option. He chose not to exercise that option. The option is to speak up and quit the uh, Wizard of Oz role. And oh, he loves Wizard of Oz, so he's going to continue to be the Wizard of Oz. Sorry, step down. Now, D, now remember that. Step down. That's where I am. I'm on the bus. That means tomorrow, if I flip-flop, I know what I'm flip-flopping from. Follow me on that? No. <laughs> We're all confused, dude. Uh, step down, Madigan. Come on. This is like your, be. this is like your own version of uh, like karate or something. This duck and dodging tactic you have right here—it's just very bizarre. Just confuse the hell out of them. I like your approach. Uh, uh, yes, step down today. Tomorrow I can be Ooh. saying something else. <laughs> Let's see what I say tomorrow. Could be something completely different. See you tomorrow, everyone. concert best concert
best concert? Yeah, Steve Miller Band and the Eagle. That is correct. That is correct. Best concert? Best concert? Best concert? Best concert? Yeah, Steve Miller Band and the Eagle. That's it. Producer Dennis here, and welcome to the back half of your Ben Jarofsky show for Tuesday, November 17th. Now, this is only a segment of our program, okay? So remember, daily Ben Jarofsky shows can be found. Hey there, Producer Dennis here. And welcome to the back half of your Ben Jarofsky show for Tuesday, November 17th. Now, this is only a segment of our program, okay? So remember, daily Ben Jarofsky show episodes can be found at the Chicago Reader website and wherever else you download podcasts. A brand new show and an interview Tuesday through Friday and bonus never before heard interviews on the weekend as well. Go subscribe now. J-O-R-A-V as in victory, S-K-Y. We also live stream this program Tuesday through Friday, 1 until 3 p.m. Central Time on the Chicago Reader YouTube channel. Join us live sometime and say hey in the live stream chat room. And finally, you can find us online at Benny J Show on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. You can also send us an email with your thoughts or sponsorship queries, BennyJShow at gmail.com. All right, the latest article from Tom Shuba and former Mayor Daly's great-grandkid is on Ben's mind and... Where do our Illinois Democrats stand on Speaker Madigan? Are they team resign or team stay? Find out now. It's your Ben Jarofsky show back half. Mm-hmm. 